Hey, hey, Team Stevia, and welcome to episode 86 of The Stevia Show. A talk show podcast that covers pop culture, world news, local artistry, and everything in between. Hey, you got it. My name is Steven. And this is Lydia. And we are so, so excited for this episode. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah. So it's actually weird because we we did the interview. We've already that, done and it. And now we're here. So Now we're doing the intro. The intro and the outro. So we can be, so we can pump you up before you hear the interview. Yeah. And we are starstruck. Tell you what. That it was, was amazing. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk, about, we'll talk about that more in the outro. So. So for today's episode, we're skipping the media review. We're skipping the meme of the week. Uh, so we will come back with those uh, next week because this is, of course, a lot more important. Uh, so Lydia, who do we sit down and talk with today? Steven, we got to talk with Kojo Asamoa Caesar. Yes, and he is the Democratic nominee for uh, Oklahoma's first congressional district. So we are looking so forward to his interview, even though we've already done it. But we're more, in, we're yeah. more importantly looking forward to you all for you all to listen to it. So without any further ado... Here is our interview with Kojo Asamoah Caesar. Hey, Team Stevia, how's it going? And as promised, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, welcoming to the show, we have our congressional candidate for U.S. House District 1, Kojo Asamoah Caesar. So how are you doing today? I am doing terrific. I'm excited to be spending my Saturday afternoon with y'all. Cool. Well, well we appreciate it. Yeah. We're excited to have you. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Um, and just one more thing. Could you just get closer to the mic? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, me? Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, there you Don't go. Don't be scared of the mic, Coach. No. <laughs> Don't be scared, Coach. Yeah. Okay. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so um, just before we get started with the questions, um, why don't you tell a little um, our viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, my name is Kojo Asamoa Caesar. Um, I'm a husband. Uh, me and my wife have been married for four years. We celebrated our anniversary on June 4th, um, you know, this past June. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm a new, um, new father. We have a newborn baby girl. Um, Hadessa Eden. Uh, she just turned 13 weeks on Friday. Um, so, Brand new. Yeah. So we're very excited. She's bring, she's brought so much joy to us in this, you know, these tumultuous times in our world. Um, I'm also a son. My parents are immigrants from Ghana. So they came here to America, to Alexandria, Virginia, actually, right outside of Washington, D.C., in pursuit of the American dream. Mm. Um, and, you know, the sacrifices that they made has allowed me to, you know, be where I'm at and have access to opportunity. And so, yeah, and I'm a resident of North Tulsa, mm -hmm. and I am running for Congress to represent the 1st Congressional District of Oklahoma. Awesome. Yeah. And it definitely sounds like, I mean, between the pandemic, between having a newborn child and uh, running a campaign. Uh, so you, you for sure have your hands full. So, <laughs> yeah, you've been so, very so, busy. Yeah. So again, we would like to thank you uh, so much for including us into your schedule. So no we can go ahead and um, get started. So yeah. first off, again, congratulations on your significant win, uh, significant for a lot of reasons. But the one that kind of stuck out to us most is how does it feel to be the first uh, Ghanaian American congressional nominee in history right here in Tulsa? Yeah. yeah, no, it's amazing. And I'll tell you this. I mean, I wasn't quite expecting the um, response mm -hmm. from Ghanaians and Ghanaian Americans, you know, in the United States. And it's just been overwhelming. Right? So a lot of media outlets, a lot of just regular folks reaching out, saying how proud they are, how inspired they are. Um, so so it it really does um stamp this notion that I am running for something bigger than myself. Right. And mm -hmm. I've always talked about how 
great leaders have to um, be fighting for a cause that's bigger than yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so it feels good. It feels good. I, I um, you know, I'm always excited when people tell me that my journey makes them believe that they can do better and they can go far. And so um, I'm excited. Yeah. It's truly amazing. Absolutely. And I I mean, again, I just think it's so great that uh, of everywhere for that to happen, it's right here in Tulsa. Tulsa, I mean, you you probably wouldn't expect that, but it's just, it just shows how, how great our local community here is. Exactly. Exactly. No. And I hope that's what this election, you know, from our primary win and also the general election in November shows that, um, you know, Oklahomans actually are progressive. Oklahomans can make history, right? (laughs) Right, right. Um, And we can be proud of the people that we send um, to represent us. Right. So, yeah. So, so you're obviously not going to uh, pull a Jim Inhofe and bring a snowball into Congress. Oh, and no. <laughs> right. yeah. that, was Yikes. A, that was a really fun week for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, it's interesting. I think one of the things that I hear on the campaign trail all the time is, you know, whether it's Republicans or Democrats, people are really tired of our leaders embarrassing us on the national stage. Yes. Right? Yeah. And they want to feel proud um, of the people that they um elect to represent right. them. Yeah. Agreed. Right. Yeah, because you always see the meme on Facebook like days without a national embarrassment. <laughs> right. so it's more often than not zero. Zero. Right. Yeah. Negative so, one. <laughs> so thankfully we have people like you who are going to change that. So Thanks. awesome. Um, and Kojo, we did want to uh, touch on your education. So mm-hmm. graduating from both Old Dominion University and the College of William and Mary, what inspired you early in your career to care so deeply about your community and neighbors? Yeah, you know, um, I'll start with this. When I was in high school, I had great teachers, all right? And I actually didn't have a lot of black teachers. I think I had one black teacher, right, um, coming through our education system. But I had great teachers who told me, Coach, you have great leadership potential, all right? And, um, and I wasn't really able to explore that fully in high school. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to college, I was excited to explore that um, and find out if they were really telling the truth or they were just being nice. Right, right, right. right. Um, and so when I got to college, I was very motivated to get involved and really got involved in the campus community. Me and my roommates were able to found a community service organization. Oh, cool. Um, and... When you found an organization, just so we can get involved and be active instead of just going to class and coming back to the room and mm-hmm. playing video games. <laughs> yeah. All right. But once you start seeking to serve others, the first thing that you learn is how deficient you are, right, to really help other people. Right? You start learning about the world and you know, you're mentoring at-risk youth and you're wondering how come, you know, seventh graders are reading on a second grade level, right? Or yeah. um, why is this neighborhood, you know, so poor and doesn't have any grocery stores and different things of that nature. And so you just start to learn about people's lives and you connect with them and you want to do more, right? Um, and then because you realize you're, you know, deficient to do more, you realize you have to grow and you have to learn and you have to read, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's where it happened for me. And it really happened through kids and seeking to mentor kids and being a big brother um, and seeing myself in those kids, right? And realizing that, you know, they're just like me and they deserve every opportunity just like I had. Right. And why don't they have those same opportunities? Mm-hmm. Right? And so kind of spent my life trying to answer that question. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a really good point that you've hit on. We actually did a episode devoted to uh, Black Lives Matter where we had people of that community on the show and they talk about just how even though, uh, you know, Jim Crow's long gone, we're still experiencing 2020, this systemic racism. And mm-hmm. um, that's absolutely admirable that you are wanting to um, to help those kids who, I mean, like they like they just want the same chance that everybody else has. Exactly. And that's just 
kind of how I feel like America is advertised, but that's not oftentimes what it actually is. Right. Um, right. So you did arrive to Tulsa uh, via Teach for America. Right. Um, so what were your first impressions of our city whenever you arrived here? Yeah, you know, I arrived, so I graduated law school and decided to become a kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. So signing for Teach for America said, Mm -hmm. I want to go to wherever the need is highest. And they sent me to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right? Yeah, that's and awesome. And I had never stepped foot in Tulsa. Um, my friends were like, why would you go to Tulsa? <laughs> yeah, like, what is in uh, Tulsa? Are there, are there even any black people in Tulsa? Right? <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma, you know, yeah. <laughs> right. tumbleweeds, yeah. you know. Um, we all live in teepees. That's the other one that we hear a right. lot. <laughs> yeah. So I really didn't have a lot of expectations, right? I was just coming and I was motivated to be doing the work. Um, But I was pleasantly surprised when I got here, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. It just felt like the right size. Mm -hmm. And and you did get that, you know, I know there's a debate about are we really in the South, but you had that Southern hospitality. Yeah. yeah. People were nice. People would speak when you, you know, walk past them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like New York where people just, you know, <laughs> tunnel vision. Tunnel yeah. vision Nobody and, you know, saying hi to you or right, smiling at right, all. You know? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I was um, pleasantly surprised and I was like, okay, I can see myself living here. Cool. Yeah. And sure enough, you've stayed. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to continue on that, what have you grown to love about Tulsa and what helped you decide to want to represent our community here? Yeah, I mean, man, um, one, just, okay, so the big shocker for me was I was placed in North Tulsa as a teacher mm-hmm. right? and coming to learn the history of Greenwood and Black Wall yes. Street. Um, one, I was very embarrassed because I went through this our education system. I went to some of the best schools and I did not learn about this. History, didn't learn about right? it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how did I not know? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It was crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, and then um, and then come to find out there were people who grew up here. That didn't know. <laughs> did not know. There's either. a lot of people like that. I, I, I feel like it's just something that we we as a state try to like sweep under the rug but you can't right. do it with something like that right yeah so but but the thing was so you know and sometimes we focus on the tragedy and mm-hmm. you know how tragic the story is but i was really inspired right that in the time of jim crow in the time of segregation and all the obstacles that you know those folks had to deal with they were still able to build the most prosperous African-American community mm-hmm. right, in the mm-hmm. country. Um, and I saw my kids as these are the descendants yeah. right, of that great legacy. Mm-hmm. And so I was just very motivated to work to, you know, um, restore that legacy yeah. right, um, and to empower kids and even their parents and residents of our community so that we can do this again. Also, I think, you know, Tulsa is known as one of the most generous cities in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have these philanthropic organizations that are committed to making sure Tulsa is the best city that it can be. Mm -hmm. And so if you really want to make an impact, um, the opportunity is here and people love Tulsa and they want to see it happen. And so you can, um, as long as you want to work hard and work with others, you can actually see your impact, you know, happening very quickly. Um, and so those are some of the things that have kept me here and 100%. kept me working. Yeah, awesome. And it's just so cool, like seeing almost like the revitalization of Tulsa and then especially in the Greenwood district, like we are seeing so much more um, like locally owned businesses by African-Americans in that community. So we're so we're trying to combat that gentrification. Mm-hmm. And I'm just uh, like, it, that's what makes part of what makes me proud to be to be from here. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, so of course, um, with us being millennials, we oftentimes kind of complain that there aren't a lot of us representing up, representing us in Washington. Mm-hmm. So, how as a fellow millennial, how important is it to you that people our age have that voice? 
Yeah, no, it's very important. You know, talking about, you know, generational divides, I think the baby boomers have um, stayed in power for a very long time. Too long. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, their Generation X is getting skipped over because of that, right? Yeah, um, right. Yep. And millennials are coming up on their heels. And, um, and I think we, you know, they say millennials are one of the most civically engaged, you know, generations. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And we actually care more about making a difference, right, in meaning than we do about just making money. Right, right. Um, and I think that kind of ethos is needed in our, you know, halls of power, in our, you know, um, corporations, right? Um, and so I'm glad that we are ascending um, because that's where our world is moving. It's not just about making money at the expense of everything else. Mm -hmm. right? It's about building a more equitable world that works for everybody, right? And so I, I think we have to go for it and um, continue to make sure that um, we can build a, a better world than the one that was handed to us. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Uh, Kojo, your campaign slogan is Bridge the Divide. Mm -hmm. We think it's safe to say that this is the most divided the country has been in our lifetime, at least. Mm -hmm. um, what policies will you champion to bridge the divide? Yeah, I think, well, it really starts even be, before you get to policy, mm -hmm. right? Um, it starts with a, a, an attitude, right? We, um, we're as divided as we are because we have a president who wakes up every day with the intention of dividing, right? right. Um, he speaks about issues and policies, not because he really cares about the policies themselves, but he wants to use it as a wedge issue to divide us, right? Mm -hmm. right. So when he talks about the wall, he doesn't really care about the wall, right? Right, right. Um, but he's sending this, you know, signal to his supporters that, you know, if you're white and you feel aggrieved and, you know, um, you feel like manufacturing jobs have left and, you know, the economy is not working for you, well, guess what? It's the brown people's fault, mm -hmm. right? And so we're going to scapegoat one group and pit one group against another group, right? For my own benefit as an elected official. That's how Donald Trump operates, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need leaders who are going to come on the other side and intentionally try to build bridges mm -hmm. instead of walls, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so the way that I operate is you have to listen. You have to be willing to listen. That's the first um, you know, rule of building bridges mm -hmm. right? and bringing yeah. people together, right? Because then you can actually respond in kind. You can respond to what you're hearing from people, right? Um, you don't come in thinking... I'm the arbiter of truth and I know mm -hmm. what's right for you and this policy is what is going to be my way or the highway. Right? Right. No, I'm going to come, I'm going to share my story, I'm going to share my values, mm -hmm. I'm going to hear you out, hear your story, hear your values and then we're going to try to find a common um, vision mm -hmm. right, and a shared vision for how we can move forward. Right? And if we do that, then we can arrive at policies that work for all of us. Right? Right. And we may yes. not get 100% of what we want but we'll be able to move forward together. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. If you want to go far, go together. Ah, right? I love um, that. And so, yeah, so I have my policy um, stances, but more important than that, I want to listen to Oklahomans. Mm -hmm. I want to listen to Tulsans. I want to listen to people from Washington County and Wagner County and Rogerson Creek. Um, and then let's work together to arrive at a better Oklahoma for all our citizens. 
Absolutely. And that's very well put too, especially with the the wedge issues that you mentioned, because we're seeing that we're seeing that now with like the statues that are being torn down mm-hmm. and it's almost like he he's quicker to protect those than he is to, you know, like expand COVID testing and stuff like right. that because it's a wedge issue right. and it only affects a certain amount of people. Exactly. Um, so I think you, you kind of touched on this earlier, but do you think party politics and loyalty are important? And if so, why or why not? <laughs> you have to ask yourself, right? Why am I in public? Why am I running for office? Why am I in public service? Right. Who am I really here to serve? Mm-hmm. Am I here to serve my party, right, over country? Mm-hmm. Right? Am I more loyal to whoever is the president, right, or the leader of my party, or am I loyal to my constituents, right, mm-hmm. and my country and the people who sent me here? Mm-hmm. Right? And it seems as if, um, especially Republicans in, in this season, um, have pledged their fealty to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like their supreme leader. Right. Whatever he says goes. And um, folks that have been championing family values um, and all these other things are all of a sudden just acquiescing to right, the most divisive president, the most immoral president, a president that um, cheated on his wife, um, yeah. paying off porn stars, right. Right? Um, just you know, making fun of um, disabled citizens. Um, and so, so yeah, so I think you have to be loyal to country. Yes. You have to be loyal to citizens of this country, mm-hmm. to your constituents, right? The people who are, who, you know, are regular everyday people who want better lives for themselves and their kids. And they're trusting you to be in that room advocating on their behalf, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and so, so that's, that's what I bring to the table. And that's, who I'm going to be loyal to, to the Constitution, to mm-hmm. the country, um, and to to the residents of the 1st District of Oklahoma. We appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so speaking of the 1st District, uh, right now it is, of course, represented, uh, represented, represented excuse me, by uh, Congressman Kevin Hearn. Uh-huh. So in terms of between you and him, what would you, what do you think is, are your biggest differences, like be it personally, like with, with ideology? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so why... Uh, why Kojo over Kevin, basically? Yeah, well, so one, I think the first thing for me is that I am dedicated to public service. Right? Mm-hmm. I've committed myself. Um, I'm a law school grad who chose to become a kindergarten teacher. Right. Right. I'm the only one who's ever done that that I know of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And right. especially with those, like, like the two schools you went to, that, like those are no beer league schools. Like those are... <laughs> those are legit. Those are the big <laughs> yeah. dogs over yeah. there. You know, um, and and... So I want to serve, right? And mm-hmm. I want to build a country that's expanding opportunity for more and more people. So I'm committed to public service and servant leadership. Whereas he seems to be committed to his own self-interest, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's a multimillionaire. He owns McDonald's franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't pay his employees a living wage. And yet he votes to cut uh, food stamps, for people who can't put food on the table, mm-hmm. right? You know, we both as politicians talk about our American dream story, right? Um, mm-hmm. And our rise from the bottom, basically, right. to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And he seems to talk about it in a way of, I got help from government programs when I was growing up, and they didn't. They really made our family dependent, and so I'm going to go to Congress and cut those programs. Right. Right. That's like you know getting to the door and then shutting the door behind you. Right. Right. Whereas I know, like, we needed food stamps when I was growing up to right. be able to survive. Right. right. I wore um, Salvation Army clothes. Right. I I used um, Pell grants to be able to pay for college. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I want those same opportunities to be available for kids who are coming up after me or right? kids who are in yeah. the same position that I'm in. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's what I believe. He wants to divide and conquer, pit groups against each other, build walls. Um, I want to bring people together. Mm-hmm. I want to expand opportunity for more and more people. And um, I don't think that if you succeed, I fail. I think if I succeed, you succeed. If right. one person succeeds, we all succeed. Right. It's like that proverb you mentioned. You mentioned earlier. Whenever we go together, we go far, and exactly. that's and that's absolutely true. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also, so looking at your platform, I think it's uh, pretty safe to say that your policies kind of tend to be more on the progressive side. Yes. So why do you think that we are seeing upsets like the election of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in 2018, where mm-hmm. we have progressive or justice Democrats who are kind of dethroning the standard bearers of the past? Yeah, I think people are looking for authenticity. All right. They're looking for people who um, have the, uh, you know, strong values and convictions who are going to be, you know, willing to fight for what they believe in, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than in the past having certain um, leaders who try to play both sides, mm-hmm. you know, um, and not upset anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we've realized that that doesn't really get us anywhere, all right? Right. Um, and so, so, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think for me, it's about how did you arrive at, your values, how did you arrive at your policy stances, right? Mm-hmm. So when I talk to people, I'm not looking to just get into a Wikipedia debate. Right, right. right. Let yeah. me tell you about my story, you know, and um, what policies helped me mm-hmm. and what policies I think will help you and your family. Mm-hmm. So that even if you disagree with me, you understand how I arrived there, right? right? Um, and then you can also share how you arrived at your stances. Right. And then, we're not going to agree 100%. You don't agree 100% with your mom. No, right? <laughs> right. So right. you're not going to agree 100% with an elected official. Right. Right? But, but we can move forward together regardless. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's all about like building those, those coalitions because whenever, you know, we, we have like, we have like AOC and like even like on a presidential level, like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie right. Sanders, like they are really like coalescing like the working class and what you're saying, like trying to help out their communities instead exactly. of trying to help out themselves. So that's exactly. a really good point. Exactly. Congresswoman Hearn, Horn, wow, sorry. Congresswoman <laughs> Horn yep. is the only Democrat to represent Oklahoma. Um, it was an extremely close election as well. Mm-hmm. How important is voter turnout, especially with younger adults? Oh, man, it is so important. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we all know that older voters turn out more than younger voters. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it's interesting because, you know, you see Bernie Sanders in his election and he has these big rallies and a lot of young people mm-hmm. turn out and they're screaming and yelling. <laughs> right. But then when it comes to election day, right, we're nowhere to be found. Yeah, where, where are they at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. Um, so that's disappointing. But so like, you know, a voteless people is a powerless people. So right. we're giving away our power, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we can't just sit home and complain. We can't just be on social media and complain mm-hmm. and not vote. Right. Right. Um, so it is deadly important that we get involved and we get engaged. And I do think in this season that we're in, people are starting to realize that, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Something like a global pandemic that affects everybody, right? right? And you can't ignore, you can't just say, oh, well, it's just politics and it doesn't affect (laughs) me. I don't like politics. No, (laughs) Donald Trump is president because of our politics. Mm -hmm. He's bungled 
this pandemic, right? Right. right. And we all played a role in it mm-hmm. and we can do something about it. We can yes. register to vote and we can turn out to vote and vote for change and ensure right. that he's out of there so we can get rid of this virus. Right. right? Um, and so, so yeah. So, and it's, I also say this, I don't just want to poo poo on young people because I also do think that a lot of times young folks feel like they don't have anybody to vote for. 100%. They don't have people who are representing mm-hmm. them and their voice, so they just stay home. Right. So we have to ensure that, you know, instead of just waiting for Superman, because mm-hmm. Superman is not coming to save us, yeah. we have to tap ourselves on the shoulder and we have to step forward and we have to run mm-hmm. so that we can give right, our fellow millennials um, an option and Someone somebody to vote, to vote for. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. And uh, feeling left out, I think that is something that a lot of people that we know is something that is very is very prevalent because mm-hmm. even people on, I guess, the quote-unquote left side, like a lot of people uh, had issues with Hillary Clinton, like feeling like she was disconnected from you know, from the youth, and that's why people turned out for Bernie, but then right. they don't show up to but vote. But then they don't vote for him. Which is weird. Yeah. Right, right. It's absolutely weird. But, right. um, and, and we always push, you know, going out to vote because if you don't, then, you know, you, 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 like you said, you can't make impactful change. Right. Yeah. So, in your mind, what do you think are the most important issues facing our congressional district, and how would you like to combat those? Yeah. I mean, and just from the Oklahoma standpoint, um, Education is like the number one thing, right? Right. We, we are Amen. 49th in the nation in education funding. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then we're losing our teachers, our best teachers, because we're not paying them well. We're like nope. 47th or 48th mm-hmm. in teacher pay. Um, and we know that teachers are the number one school-based variable to students' educational outcomes. Mm-hmm. Right? So you cannot become a top 10 state, like our governor says, mm-hmm. without paying your teachers, right, what they're worth. Right. Um, and so part of why I'm running for Congress is that I want to go over the heads of our state government, right, that is engaged in this grave dereliction of duty mm-hmm. and leadership, right, mm-hmm. to, one, get more resources, but also to compel them to do their constitutional duty of educating our population. Right. right? So education is number one. Education is also connected to criminal justice in a way that people don't see. If you're, quote unquote, defunding your education system and you lead the nation in incarceration of Mm -hmm. men and women, Mm -hmm. right, there's this pipeline. Like you see the correlation. Well, you would hope people would see the correlation, (laughs) right? right? You would hope. (laughs) You would hope. Um, And so, like, if you don't educate Mm -hmm. the kids in your community, then you build prisons to put them there once they become adults. Exactly. Right. And then you, you get private prisons, which to me, that concept alone is, is just so wrong and immoral, right. but people, people don't see that. And, right. it's, and whenever we you know, magically have funding for that, but the second teachers want a, a decent wage, right. like then uh, like all hell breaks loose. Right. It's like, oh, they're asking for too much, but it's like they're already using their own money to fund their classrooms and stuff right. like that. And yeah. I'm sure you as a teacher experienced that. Yes, no, you did. Um, when when you're teaching in underserved um, communities and in school districts that are grossly underfunded, as a teacher, you're not just a teacher, right? You are a counselor. Mm-hmm. You are a banker. Right? Yeah. You are having to do a whole lot more because our um, elected leaders have neglected right their duty. Um, and and so yeah, so it's it's just incredibly important. Also. You can't really focus on kids and ignore their parents right. and the communities mm-hmm. they're coming from. And so I think, you know, education is important. Criminal justice is important. Um, but so is health care yes. and economic security. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so if 
parents don't have, if they can't make a living wage, if they have to um, have two, three jobs just to put food on the table, mm-hmm. then that's time that's taken away from their kids. Right. right? Um, they're not able to read to their kids. They're not able to even take their kids to school right. and pick up their kids from school. Right. All right? Um, and so in the wealthiest nation on earth, you should be able to work one job and live. Right, right. right. Yeah, and, and no matter what job it is, absolutely. And that uh, kind of comes back to what Congressman Hearn is doing. You know, he's not paying his employees a living wage, so it's right. kind of feeding back into that system. Exactly. And then they're going to say, oh, well, they rely too much on the government. Well, it's right. like, if you just gave them a fair shot, right. th- th- that might not yeah, be if as you necessary. Paint, yeah, if you paid them right, then they won't be dependent on you. Right. right. And then at the same time that he's saying that they're just relying on the government for government handouts, mm-hmm. When the Paycheck Protection Program yes, comes yes. out, right? Uh-huh. He's first in line to get government assistance. Yeah. Right. So it's socialism when regular everyday people get government assistance, but it's okay. But for it's fine for him to do it. Millionaires and billionaires to get government assistance. Right. Right. Yeah. It's socialism Who in theory for the rich. don't need that. Right. Well, right. And it's also kind of like the myth of trickle down economics. Like, right. like of course, like ideally, you would want your CEOs to pay you know, to pay their workers more, but then whenever they just keep it for themselves, like it's just that, it's that, that cycle and it's just, it's endless. Yeah, no, it's, and it's just not leadership, right? Leadership is about serving others, right? Right. We, We elect you, we put you on that platform and give you all those perks because there's this agreement and understanding that in times of crises, you're going to be looking out for us. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not just going to go and hoard everything for yourself and leave us out to dry. Right, right. right? Um, and, and he's failed that test of leadership. Yeah, and uh, sorry to keep on bouncing off, but that's also kind of how I feel about the mask issue. Like, I, I just can't believe how so many people think it is literally that inconvenient to wear a mask and how it's, you know, like Bill Gates is trying to microchip everybody and we're getting 5G signals and it's, it's just like, it, it's all about caring for your neighbors. Like right. you've been saying this whole entire time. Yeah. 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 It's, it's amazing that, you know, all of a sudden people want to quote the constitution and the oh, Declaration yeah. of independence, right? Right. Just for the right to not wear a mask, right. right? For the right to harm their fellow citizens. Right. That's you know, crazy. It's, it's, so it's, it's to me, it's always been crazy how here in America we're more about individualism Mm -hmm. than collectivism right Mm -hmm. you know you see these other countries uh, europe new zealand australia they're all about their neighbor Mm -hmm. but then the one time america who you know you would be like oh yeah america you know (laughs) needs to be about their neighbor they're like no it's all about me now like Yeah, yeah. To yeah. heck to all you, like you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and then you're gonna show up to the uh, state capitol building in Michigan with guns over a mask. <laughs> it's so this to me, it, to us, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for our listeners and viewers outside of our district, what issues do we as a nation commonly face? Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of touched one, on a few, yeah, but, but, yeah. but you know, number one issue is our democracy, right? Mm-hmm. And protecting our democracy and ensuring that we still have a democracy (laughs) Uh, when this is all said and done. I think the election of Donald Trump has shown us how fragile our democracy can Mm -hmm. be, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And how democracy is not a spectator sport, right? You have to participate. And we need an informed populace, right? Mm -hmm. And, And we need um, and independent media and free media, yes. right? Um, and yes. you hear the president muddying the waters and this whole fake news, you know, mm-hmm. um, rhetoric is to muddy the waters so that you can no longer trust, right, these yeah. independent sources. Um, and so when he is corrupt and he does these things, um, he can just say, oh, these folks reporting on that, it's fake news. Yeah, don't, don't, don't believe don't your lying eyes. Don't right. believe your lying eyes. Believe me, right. you know. Um, and so so I do think that is so important. And so for all of us as leaders, 
it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, right, Green Party, we have to be committed to protecting our democracy, all right, um, because that is what we're going to be able to leave for the next generation, mm-hmm. right? right? You know, I talk about, you know, we just had Independence Day. I talk about the Declaration of Independence and those words that are written in there, right, um, that um, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and so on, on and forth. Even when those words were written, they weren't true in they reality, true. right? But I'm glad they were written, yes, right? because they give every generation a chance to make good on those promises, right? right? right. And to give it our best shot to try to perfect our union, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we need a democracy and a free um, press, and you know, all these different institutions, our democracy, to enable us to continue this project of change, right? right? Um, and if we lose that then right we we stop being quote unquote exceptional mm-hmm. we become just like any other authoritarian country right, right um, ruled by strong men and mm-hmm. that's not what we want in america absolutely yeah and then of course we've been seeing a lot of really tragic events um especially in recent months like 2020 has just been like a downhill roller coaster it <laughs> seems like and then um the past few years as well we have seen uh, we've seen covid 19 we've seen russian interference in our elections mm-hmm. we've seen um, you know, we've seen healthcare um, g- getting removed for people. We've seen um, even like even more racial um, racial inequities. Right. So, out of all of these tragedies that that we're experiencing, right. do you think something positive is going to come out of that? Yeah, you know, I'll start off with myself um, being at home during this time, having a baby in the midst of all right. this, you know, craziness. Um, one, you come to realize how much you don't control, right? right. How much is out of your control. <laughs> yeah. um, which then, the next thing is, what can you control, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is you um, and the people connected to you. Um, and then, right, the ways in which you decide to engage with others and in our society. Um, and and I think this time, the, the um, blessing in disguise for the stay-at-home orders that we've had and we've all been at home is it's given us all a chance to just reflect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Reflect on our own lives, you mm-hmm. know? There are a lot of friends that I have that have, in this season, decided, you know what? I don't like my job. <laughs> and, you know, I've been meaning to quit for a long time and go follow my dreams, but I've just been scared to do it. Mm-hmm. And this season has caused me to, like, reflect and build up the courage to do that, mm-hmm. right? And even, you know, friends that I have, you know, white women that I went to college with who are like, you know what? I didn't really get involved in politics. I didn't want to get involved. But sitting at home watching George Floyd's murder, right, watching these news reports, watching people protesting, it's motivated me to, one, want to learn more, mm-hmm. and two, to want to act. And yes. I realize now that, you know, my silence has contributed to the kind of country we're living in, mm-hmm. right? And I have to speak up, right? Um, and I can't just be a bystander. So I think the silver lining in all this is that we've become more reflective, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that is good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that bodes well for a democracy because we'll have people who are engaged, people who are thinking. All right. People who are seeking to learn more and read and really engage with their elected leaders. I want to know who I'm voting for, what they stand for. I want to know what their values are. Right. Do they have 
great character? Can I trust them? All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to ask the right questions. Um, so I'm excited about that. We are definitely in the moment right now. And my hope is that it won't just be a moment. It will be a movement mm-hmm. right? and it will go past um, this summer and into November and even beyond November. Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, this isn't on the list, but kind of a follow up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think out of all this, we, we will see a increase in voter turnout across the nation? Well, the jury's still out on that. I say that because I think people are definitely motivated to vote. Mm-hmm. But we have a president and a Republican Party that is hell-bent on suppressing the vote, yes. right? The president is using rhetoric against mailing voting, right? He, and he's saying it's, you know, fraudulent mm-hmm. when he actually right. votes by mail, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and, and so I do think that people are motivated to vote, but um, the president's rhetoric and uh, secretaries of state in our states around the country controlled by Republicans, right, right, who are not um, enacting policies to make it easier for people to vote Mm -hmm. from home, right? Um, And so we might face a reality where the vote is suppressed because people are protecting their health um, and our policies aren't modern enough to allow them to vote from home or Mm -hmm. still be healthy. They have to choose and it's unfortunate that they have to choose. Yeah. Right. You choose to vote or you choose to maybe not get sick. Exactly. Yeah. And for a lot of, you know, for a lot of people, that is scary. It, it is. is. It is. Yeah. And then reflecting on that, too, even without the pandemic, as we saw in 2018, Stacey Abrams, uh, by all accounts, should have won right. um, that election in, Gore- in Georgia against Brian Kemp. But they still have those racist policies of mm-hmm. years and years and years ago that right. weren't right in the first place, right. but especially not now. And they're still doing what they can to hold on to that. Exactly. And that's in, and at that point you're just supporting racism essentially yeah. no i mean the republicans know that when the turnout is high democrats do well mm-hmm. and so they want to suppress the turnout and then they're they've been passing these you know voter id laws not to protect against fraud but right. because they know that black and brown people are the ones who are least likely to have an, a government yeah. issued id right, right? Um, and so they want to keep those folks from voting um, and so we have to which is why i talk about democracy and protecting democracy be, being a huge issue for the whole country and we need our elected officials once we get into power to be looking at right, right. how do we protect our democracy how do we have you know um, automatic voter registration yes. right or even making election day a national holiday right. so that so everybody gets the chance can vote you know uh. you don't have to choose between going to work to put food on the table yep. or participate in your democracy mm-hmm. right so right. we have to um, enact policy to protect our democracy um yeah yeah absolutely well thank you for that no doubt um, so, uh, for our final question to close, you have a unique position to comment on the American dream as a first generation American. Mm-hmm. What do you think sets the United States apart from the rest of the world? And do you believe that dream is still alive? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, part of why I'm running for Congress is because of my story and background and upbringing. Uh, my parents came here Right. They made the 5000 mile trek across the Atlantic Ocean to come here. They left family and friends and familial settings. Right. To come to this strange land Mm -hmm. because they believed this country was great. They believed that in America, their dreams could come true, that nothing could be impossible for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And I do think that notion is what sets America apart from other countries. Right. Um, People want to come here because they believe their dreams can really come true in America. Um, And. Part of my journey is um, I've been able, my mom wasn't able to accomplish her dream. She got sick at the age of 39. She suffered a stroke, 
Mm -hmm. um, and she was a few credits away from getting a degree in clinical technology, mm -hmm. right? Um, but wasn't able to do that. My dad became incarcerated um, after mm -hmm. years of working menial jobs and being a taxi driver and not really being able to fulfill that dream. You know, he he fell into the wrong crowd. Um, so they weren't able to achieve their dream. But here I am, their son, yes. who's been able to have opportunities largely because of their early sacrifices, mm -hmm. right? And been able to go to college first, one in my family to graduate from college, go to the oldest law school in the country, mm -hmm. right? Walk the same um, fields that Thomas Jefferson and John Marshall walked, right? Mm -hmm. um, and here I am running for Congress. So mm -hmm. clearly, like, there's something about America, and I think, you know, um, my story is probably only possible in America, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I realized that alongside my journey, I've seen other people just like me, just as smart as me, mm -hmm. right? Just as competent as me, not have the same opportunities, sure. right? Um, and so... The question is, is the American dream real? Is the American dream alive? Right? Only if we work to make it so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm stepping forward to work hard to build an America that um, is as good as its promise. Right. An America where all kids can have the same opportunity to achieve their full potential right? Right. and to achieve their dream. Um, and so, so I'm sharing my story. Um, and when Donald Trump says, make America great again, right? Mm -hmm. And his prescription is let's build walls and that's what makes America great. Or let's take health care away from, you know, working people right. and that's what makes America great. Or let's cut food stamps. That's what makes America great, right? That that is not what makes America great, right? No. America is about opportunity and expanding opportunity to more and more people. Mm -hmm. And it's not a handout, it's a hand up. Right. right. It's not equality of outcome, it's equality of opportunity. Right. All right. Um, and so that's what we have to fight for and realize and get everybody to realize that we all win if we have these kinds of policies, mm -hmm. right? It's right. not just for black and brown people. It's not just for the people that you don't know, right? This right. helps you and your children as well, no matter who you are. Yeah, and you're absolutely correct and it's just so it's almost um it's it's just it's 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 interesting how those programs and those things that gives everybody a chance is 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 kind of advertised as being counter to the American dream. It's like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but if you have no bootstraps to right. pull yourself up by, right. how can you do that? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If, yeah. I, if I took, I took your bootstraps away. Right. Yeah, right. I took right. And, and now I'm telling you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps right. while you have it in your hands. Right. Makes no sense. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kojo, we really appreciate it. Um, we are looking forward to voting for you again in November, of course. Um, and you. is there anything else that you would like to add? Just, well, thank you guys for having me, yeah, Lydia, Stephen. I appreciate it. Appreciate the support. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, if you want to find out more about me, my story, our campaign, what we stand for, go to kojoforcongress.com, K-O-J-O-F-O-R, congress.com. You can learn more. You can sign up to volunteer, mm -hmm. sign up for a yard sign, uh, make sure you're registered to vote, make sure your family and friends and neighbors are registered to vote, and then turn out to vote in November, vote for change, and um, let's build an America as good as it's promised. Absolutely. Well, Kojo, thank Love you that. so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And again, best of luck to you in November. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Wow, Team Stevia, and there you are. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. So that was so, so incredible. And we would like to thank uh, Kojo Asamoah Caesar for being on the show. Uh, He signed a newspaper for us. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. He took a picture with us. Yeah. He was so sweet. Yeah, he was the nicest. Uh, We for sure hope he wins in November, not just because he's nice, but also because he is extremely smart. But above all all else, he is so passionate. That's what I was going to say. Hey, up top. Yes, I was going to be like, he's so passionate. And he just, he cares for the neighbor. He cares for his neighbors and for the people. And he he really could care less about political party. He just wants... He just wants everybody to have a chance. Right. And I feel like that's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, it's like whenever you don't have any boots to pull up by your bootstraps, you can't can't really do that. And uh, the African proverb that he mentioned, where if you want to go, if you want to go fast, you go by yourself. But if you want to go far, you go together. Together. That's just so true. That really, it stuck with me. That was really good. Yeah. Wow. the, The whole thing was amazing. And we, again, just cannot thank him enough for agreeing to be on the show. Uh, we hope that you all enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it. That's that about it. Of. We're just both so starstruck right now. Um, yeah, so it was awesome. It was. Uh, so as always, you can find us on any uh, podcast app that you listen to. Uh, we're all over the internet. Uh, you can also, of course, find us on YouTube. And don't forget to uh, smash that subscribe button and the like button and w- uh, ring the bell notification. Whatever you, whatever, <laughs> oh you, whatever you do with the bell, whatever they say. Stupid. Yeah, they're like, Every time you like you have to come up with a new thing it's a new action you have to do it yeah um we'd also like to thank our um discord what do we do what what are we thinking we'd like to thank. what do we call them all right our producers yeah yeah we'd also (laughs) like to thank our producers for supporting us you can support us for as little as 99 cents a month um and you can find all that information on our link tree absolutely which you can find in our bios uh so and we also have merchandise and we ship nationwide as well so if you live in alexandria virginia which is where kojo uh, asamoa caesar is from we will gladly ship to you and you can again find that on our link tree and the link is in our bio so we will see also you join all. our discord also join our discord i think we Absolutely. forgot that one we did yes but so, we're doing this today without any monitors in front of us so and, and, and after a huge interview and after yeah, we interview after so you know this is what you get from us really right, right. what do you expect though right. i mean <laughs> right. they well, expect this well, really well right because i mean i feel like everybody came for the middle part which is the best part yeah so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so of course yeah no they're probably not even still here i mean if they at are the moment. if they are hello but uh, we appreciate you if you are absolutely absolutely uh so we will catch we you should all. start doing it i'm sorry you keep trying to do this but i'm still talking oh go ahead we should start doing like a secret code like hey if you're listening and you hear the code watermelon we've done that before then you get a sticker yeah we've done that before have we done that before? we have yeah yeah the other one was uh because you, you you shouted it out last time that we did it it was um it was some silly word then like joe and caleb wait really you did i promise I promise. I hate yeah. it when I already have ideas that I already had ideas well, about. It's a, it's a good idea. So, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, it's a good idea. All right. Well, we will see you all in episode 87 of the Stevia show. But for now, this is Steven. This is Lydia. And we will see you all later. Bye, guys. Bye.